باشید On behalf of uh, Melanie, we would obviously like to thank everybody for being here and those that may uh, have the opportunity to watch uh, the service later. But um, one thing I never planned on doing as a pastor was funerals because they're just, they're never easy. The one thing that does make it a little easier is knowing where the one that you're holding the service for, uh, where they are. And today we're here to, obviously, we're going to celebrate the life of Justin, and a life that seems to be way too short. Um, 
I think, man, I'm, I'm older than, than he was. And, uh, but we have to come to the realization that the Lord knows everything, and he knows what's absolutely best. Uh, he knew, uh, he, he still does know what tomorrow holds. But we're here today to celebrate his life. And uh, we're here to, to gather, but we're here to really um, kind of put into question where our life stands with the Lord. Uh, tonight, or not tonight, but today, we all have something, all of us have something in common, whatever that, may, that something may be. And uh, someday, we're all going to have this in common. Someday, we will all, we will all die. We will all perish. Our, our life will pass away. But Hebrews 9 and 27 says, It's appointed to man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And I came to tell you that there are some things that you've got to know before that day comes in your life. I never take for granted that whom I'm talking to, whom I'm speaking to. I never take for granted time because we're not promised tomorrow. The Bible, in fact, tells us to redeem the time. And uh, that's what I'm here today to do, to make the best of the time that we have. So there's some things that we need to know before that time comes. Not only must we know these things, not only must you hear these things, these things must be applied in our lives. We can know all we want, but until we apply those things that we say we know, nothing changes. And number one thing that I want you guys to realize today is that God is awesome. And I find that that word is sometimes, it feels cheap because there's not a word that we could come up with that could describe who God is. He's indescribable. I guess in my little uh, pea brain, that's the best word I can think, that he's just awesome. And if you take a look at nature and, and you enjoy all the beauty around you, uh, you will understand the greatness of God. You'll begin to look and see the greatness of God. In our area, people drive to see for whatever reason, leaves changing colors, and they just, they're in awe at the creation that God has, has bestowed upon us. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then over in Psalm 19, verse 1, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. When you read on in the Psalms, in the 139th Psalm, verse 14, says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. I didn't have a privilege, as some of you have, to grow up with Justin. I didn't have the privilege to get to know him in the realm or way that some of you do. But I did have the privilege to speak with him on the phone on quite a few occasions. And even when he was here, talk with him. And I remember the first time he came in, I thought, my Lord, that's a big man. That's just what I thought. I thought, Lord, I hope... Hope he don't get wild, because I don't know if we can handle him or not. That's what I thought. But the more I talked to him, I realized this was a gent to me, in my terms, this is a gentle giant. This is a man who's broken, and a man who, who's desperate to see Christ change his life. And as life goes on, all of us have struggles, or have had struggles. And I would call him, or sometimes he would call me, and we would talk one with another, and I can remember him saying this to me many times. He said, I like that you just are who you are. And he wanted to know what he could call me. I said, well, my mom called me Jason. If it's good enough for her, it'd be good enough for you. But he said, I feel like I wanted to call you Pastor Jason. I said, well, that's absolutely fine with me. 
But I remember praying with Justin multiple times and, and just hearing this big man just cry and weep, wanting the Lord to change his life. And I want to tell you today that you can want all you desire, but until you surrender and allow him to change your life, then it only changes for temporary in ourselves. There's something we say here often, and I want to tell you today, and I want you to take this home with you, victory comes through surrender, submitting ourselves to the Lord. So God's creation is awesome, and it is God not, that not only worked to create, but God holds everything together. And in John chapter 15, when you read the word, you'll understand, or you should come to the realization, without him, we can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. We can try all we want. We can hope all we want and wish all we want. We can even shout the, our shoes off in church all we want. But without him, we're not going to do anything. Nothing's going to be accomplished without him. In Colossians 1 and 17, by the way, if you didn't come to hear scripture, you're in the wrong place because you're going to hear a lot of it. This is where we are and this is what I do. But Colossians 1 and 17 says he is, he is before all things and by him all things consist. Regardless if we ever would understand why Justin's life seemed to be so short or why it may have been filled with struggle or even the, the, the overcoming of that. Regardless of all those things, we have to understand that the Lord either allows or causes things to take place in our life. And some of those things we don't understand. Sometimes we may come to an understanding after, after a while. But I, I believe that, that through the conversations that I had with Justin and just speaking with Melanie and hearing her heart and speaking of her son, and, and I think that if you knew him well enough or, or if you do know him, that you would know that he, he wouldn't desire for anyone's life to be a struggle, for anyone's life to be a burdened with anything, but to be a life that's full of victory because it was Jesus said that he came to give us life, but he came to give it, what, more abundantly. It's amazing that when you try to comprehend that God is omnipresent. And I remember as a child growing up, and I heard this in church my whole life, and I thought, how in the world could he be everywhere? How, how could he be everywhere? I don't understand this. And I remember hearing my mom and my dad, we'd be praying in the home, or, or we'd be at church, and I would be laid under a pew because we were there for three days, and um, just what had happened, and... and uh, I thought, well, God, could you be in the car with us and take us home because I'm tired. But God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And as big as God is, and he holds the world in his hand over a grain of sand, and he, he tells the, the sea where to stop, and, he, and he's draping the clouds, and he's, he's done all of this. He's created universe. He spoke light into existence, but yet he's still as close as the mention of his name. God is omnipresent, and Psalm 139, 7-10 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there, and if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. I want to tell you that you cannot hide from God. And if you're here or you're watching or will watch and you find yourself desiring to be in the will of God, but you 
are afraid and you're running or trying to run from him, I can go ahead and tell you you're not going to hide. And running from the Lord and hiding, trying to hide our life from him is a miserable life. And that's not why he came. That's not why he sent his son. That's not why he, he sacrificed himself on the cross. He never intended for us to live miserably. That was, that's never the intention he had in mind. God is omniscient in Psalm 139, 1-6, says, O Lord, thou hast searched me, and thou know me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compass my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. For thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is high, I cannot attain unto it. And it's amazing that we can't comprehend but to know that God knows all. I, I, I say this often and sometimes I think we fail to really comprehend that it was He and the power of the Holy Spirit that even drew you here today. And you think, well, no, I'm here to celebrate or to remember my friend, my loved one, my cousin. It's the Holy Spirit who drew you here. And He didn't draw you here for you to leave the way you came. You may have thought you come to, to enjoy just a little bit of time to talk together and reminisce, and that's fine. That's all good and well. But the Lord desires that you leave this place today changed, that you leave this place free, not burdened, not weighted down, not troubled, not worried, and not wondering if my time were to end today, where would I spend eternity? God is omnipotent. In Romans eleven thirty three through 36, it says, Oh, the depth of riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been His counselor, or who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed unto Him again, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. The other week, just the other week, Melanie was sitting there and I was speaking with her and she said, my, my prayer is that Justin would be at peace and that all is well with his soul. And those conversations that we've had after that and the peace that she has and knowing that all is well with him and that he is sitting at the feet of the, that. He, he loved the Lord. Hear me today. The past, yesterday is gone. There's a song we sing and it talks about yesterday is gone. Thank God that that is gone. That, that in Christ we're a new creature. And that he's not a respecter of persons. And I thank God that he loves each and every one of us. But for us to be a recipient of that love, we have to receive the provision that he made, which was his son, Jesus Christ. So he, he knows all things. So we need to know that God is awesome. The second thing I want you to leave this place knowing today is something that you may not have come to really hear, but I'm going to tell it anyway. That the wages of sin is death. Death will never produce life. And I can tell you a rotted root will never produce good fruit. That's not my saying. I'll give it that to my wife's. I'll give credit where it's due. You cannot attach God to something and think that it's going to be okay. 
You cannot try to manipulate or change his word to make it fit what you think is all right. There is a prescribed order of victory. There is a prescribed order that God has laid out through his word that you and I have to come to understand. I can't do it any other way. Now, we know that we don't live under, well, if you don't, we don't live under law. We live under grace. But let me tell you today, grace is not an excuse to live like you want. The wages of sin is death. What is sin? We can label them. We can call this stuff out. And you've heard people say this, that, whatever, and the, the five big ones, the seven big, I don't know how many you want to call. But I want to tell you this, that sin is anything that goes against the word of God. Anything that goes against the word of God. Well, what is that? Well, if you don't know the word of God, then I suggest you start reading it. You don't have to be a murderer or a bank robber to be a sinner. When I grew up, that's what I thought. Man, I didn't go to jail. I'm pretty good, and I'm all right, and I'm on my way to heaven. I thought because my last name was Collins, that guaranteed me a, at least a, a something in heaven. But I came to the realization that none of that mattered. God didn't care about my last name, and he wasn't impressed with who my family was. But he did care enough to send his son to Calvary's cross just for me. And that he desired to have a personal relationship just with me. And so when I came to that place and understanding that, that the wages of sin is death and that the only way I'm going to live eternally is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Romans 6 verse 23 says it, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We hear this, we love it, we, 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 we clap about it, and, and I know there's some pastors in the house, and you got some, sometimes you'll see people bobbing their head, and you know they ain't, they ain't really getting this. And I'm not saying you're not, but I want you to leave this place today understanding that God has made a way out. For Justin, when he struggled in life and tried to figure it out himself, he came to the realization that God made a way for me. I don't have to try to make a way for myself. He did it for me. Romans 3 and verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You could have been born into the greatest uh, heritage or lineage of preachers, or you could, you could, whatever it is, but without Christ, we're all wretched. Romans 3 and verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I, I want to, and, and, and Melanie, she gave me permission. She said, however you want to. And I said, oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> I want to tell you today, and I want you to understand, you cannot use this scripture as a license to live how you want. Well, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It don't say to live in it. God saved us out of sin, not to continue to live in it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, which tells us again that God's not a respecter of persons. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine, as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. What is the fruit, what is the wages of sin? It's death. Isaiah 6 and four, uh, 64 verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, 
And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. I know that today uh, we're in the fall season, if that's what you want to call it. And it's hard. It's a very hard time to go through experiencing losing a, a close, close loved one. I experienced that a little over 10 years ago. I lost my mother. And, and through that, I learned that there is beauty in death. It didn't happen the day after or the week after, but it happened in time that the Lord began to speak to me and, and to, to move in my life because I asked. Nothing wrong with asking the Lord questions. He'll answer. But there is beauty in death, but that comes through time, and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your life and to show you uh, the things. But sin, that's what separates us from God. Sin does. We don't, people don't like to talk about that a lot, especially in church, which I find it crazy because that's where we should be talking about it. <laughs> sin, what it, it's, we don't like to hear because it offends us. It makes us feel bad about ourselves, and, and we want to feel good about ourselves because we're here to conquer the world. Can I tell you that Christ conquered all at Calvary's cross for you? What we have, the, the hardest thing in this world you'll ever conquer is yourself. Sin's the result of the fall of man without repentance. You won't make it to heaven. Before you die, before that appointed time, whenever that may be, you have to recognize that you are a sinner in need of the Savior. And His name is Jesus Christ. He is. He is the only way. So God is awesome and the wages of sin are death, but there's good news. Forgiveness is available. God loves us. He loves you. He loves everybody that's here. He loves those that are watching or will watch. He has a love for you that is undeniable, that is unexplainable, that you cannot comprehend, but you have to receive that love the way that He, he laid it out. How? Through receiving the provision Christ, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. God realized that, that you're going to need help. Oh, anybody in here ever need help? Uh, Lord, we got five kids. We need a lot of help. And we're pastor of church. <laughs> You're right, Brother Heaven. We need some help. God loves us, and he realized we needed some help. And, and if we were going to make it to where he, de he desires us to be, you were going to need a no way. Some people may have come here, this may be your first time, you, may have didn't, you didn't know how to get here, and you pulled out your old handy phone and you typed in Waze or your Maps app or whatever they got going on now, and you typed it in and you trusted that thing to get you here. You didn't question it. I, now, I did change mine to a male's voice because I didn't want a woman telling me which way I should turn. <laughs> My wife's in here and I'm in trouble. But you, you trusted this thing. Isn't it funny how we'll trust these devices more than we will the creator of everything? We'll, we'll trust this thing to get us to where we want to go. But can I tell you that he will lead you exactly where he has desired for you to be if you'll trust him? 
Someone had to pay the price, the penalty for our life, for our sin, the world, the sin of the world. But for someone to take that place and to die for us, he had to be sinless. He had to be perfect. And we know that his name was Jesus. So God sent his sinless son to pay for our sins. And out of the love of God, he sent Christ to die for us, for you, for me. Romans 5 and uh, uh, verses 6 and 8 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Isn't that amazing? But yet, us church folk, we want to stick our nose up and talk about the ungodly. Christ died for them, so we better love them too. For scarcely for a righteous man will, will, will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm, I might get happy here, but it's all right. While you were at your worst, he was still at his best. Come on now. While you were at your worst in life, God is still at his best. And he died for us while we were yet sinners. So when we receive the provision, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, guess what? Something beautiful happens. You go from death to life. You go from death to life. You begin to live like you've never lived. You begin to see like you've never seen before. You begin to speak like you've never spoken. You begin to love like you've never loved. And you begin to be desperate for more of him. And your life changes, and people look at the cover. Well, you're the same. No, I'm not the same. The shell's the same, but rather the inside, there's something different. I, I, got, I don't have a rebuilt engine. I got a new one. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, we all know this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But it's funny, we always skip by 17. He didn't send the Son to condemn the world because the, the world was already condemned. Why? Because of sin. So Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't know where you find yourself today. I know you find yourself here at Lakeside. I know you find yourself in these seats, but I'm talking about spiritually. If your day is today, where do you spend eternity? If, if the Lord decides that today is it for you, do you spend eternity in heaven or hell? There's, there's only two places. I'm not here to, to sugarcoat much. I, I don't sugarcoat anything, to be honest with you. We've got enough diabetics in the church. We need to hear the truth. If you turn right out of here and you drive, you're not going to keep going unless you want to drive into the lake. Now, you can argue all you want, and I don't care, but that's where you'll end up. The same, in fact, will, will, is this. If you don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, and not my, as your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about a goose bump or a, or a little feeling. I'm talking about a changed heart. Not a tear that shed away a little guilt. I'm talking about a changed heart, a changed life. And listen, let me tell you something. You may not be able to even explain it all right, right at the moment. I couldn't. I got saved at, 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 
a long time ago, I was 11 years old, my mama was singing Amazing Grace at a, and then it was a little old Chapel Grove Church of God with the singing Samaritans. I'd heard about grace my whole life. But something that day, I thought I was going to throw up. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, I didn't understand what was taking place in my life. All I knew is I was desperate to surrender. Hello. That's what happens, and that's where he's drawing us to, to a place of surrender in our lives so that we can truly live as he desires us to. So I want to ask you today, will you receive Christ as your Savior if you don't know him? Will you trust him for forgiveness and eternal life? They're going to play a song, and it was a song that was special to Justin. And while this song's playing, I just want you to think about your life. I want you to think about where you are right now and in your relationship with the Lord. Go ahead and play.
my dad lives down at the beach, and he grew up at the beach. And I remember as a child, we would take walks. And uh, every day, my dad still will walk at least five miles down the beach and back. And I remember him talking about being a young kid. and He said he couldn't ever keep up with his dad because his dad was wide open. And, uh, that's, I guess that must be a Collins thing because we're still all just wide open. But he said, I, I became to the realization that if I would just stay close enough, I would know where his footprints were, and I would see where he's been and where he's going. He said, so I, I didn't try no longer to keep pace with him. I just made sure that I stepped where he stepped. But there's something to this. If you've ever been to the ocean, you understand that if I'm going to step in those footprints, I have to stay close. Because either the water can come and change the sand or wind or somebody else can come along and make some confusing paths. There's something to, to a relationship with the Lord. And there's something that he desires and that's to be close to you. In fact, his word tells us that he'll stick closer than a brother. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we can question that all we want, but that's the truth of the matter. So we understand that God is awesome and the wages of sin are death and forgiveness is available. And I want to tell you today that his grace is amazing. When you trust in Christ, when you trust Jesus as your Savior, you become a recipient of God's grace. Or unmerited favor, however you want to explain it, however you want to call it. He gives you what you don't deserve. There's none of us in this place. None of us deserves what he desires and does give to us. He gives us what we don't deserve, among other things, but grace defeated and still it defeats the past. Our sins are forgiven, and the great news is that God doesn't hold it against you, even though somebody else may know who you were 10 years ago. They might talk about the old whoever it was, but God don't look at that. In Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression or sin from us. Now, we like to throw around today in the church world, the church realm, that it's covered, it's under the blood. But let me tell you, it's gone. It's gone. He removed it from us as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. He removed your sin from when you receive him as Lord and Savior. And so he removes that and it's gone. You are not who you were. He has raised you from death to life. So I want to tell, I feel like I just need to tell somebody today, you need to get out of the graveyard. You ain't dead no more. So God deals with the present also. God gives you a favor so that you can live this life in Christ. He gives you the strength so that you can make it on every, uh, every day. And that strength comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about it. We ain't going to get wild and crazy. And we might. I don't know. But it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Because I promise you won't make it without Him. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 tells us that therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new 
It don't, it don't say remodeled, does it? It don't say remade, refurbished. You didn't have to go to a, a halfway house or a rehab. All things are made new. Here I go. I'm getting loud again. Watch it. Watch, i got to watch it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Meaning everything about you has or will change. Even your radio station and what you watch on TV will change. Why? Because you won't desire those things anymore. It ain't that you can't do it. Oh, you can. You can do whatever you want to do. It, you won't want to do it. People, people that don't know the Lord as Savior think the Christian lives are a bunch of boring people. I, I, listen, I, we have a lot of fun. I have a good time. But I don't desire to do what I once did because that was dead people's stuff. I'm alive in Christ, and I desire to please the Lord and Savior of my life. So I don't want to do those things. And it's not that I can't. I just have no desire to. In 1 John 3 and verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I can't wait for that day. Justin beat us there. So grace deals with the past, it deals with the present, and it also addresses the future. We're going to know him as he is. Oh, I know, I love him, and I know, but I can't wait until I sit at his feet and worship him. I told our church my concern when I was a little kid, and I remember telling my mama, and, and I was really concerned. At that time, we were going to the South Gastonia Church of God, and I, was, I had a real great concern in my heart that if Jesus were to come back, could I bride my big wheel in heaven? And, and that's, that's, to, to me, that was my concern. I was just a kid. But now my desire is not to, not to just make it, not to look at the, the jasper walls of the gate made of pearl or even the streets of gold. My desire is to worship Him, to sit at His feet and cry, Holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb who was slain. I am the desperate to worship Him. Justin's there right now, if you didn't know, by the way. He's worshiping his Lord and Savior. He became a new creature, a new person. He's not who he was. In an instant, God changed his life. All we can think about is what was. Let me tell you, God dealt with what was, and we become new instantly. Instantly we become new. So, again, there's four things that I want you to leave this place with today. I know we came, and we're, we're going to celebrate and talk and, and, and have memories and, and share the stories. I couldn't tell you anything that you didn't know about him. Melanie, I couldn't get up here and spill everything out that you didn't already know about your son. The one thing that you were desperate to know is your soul right with the Savior. And any, nothing else, all the memories are there, and they're precious, and you'll have the pictures, and you'll remember the stories, and you'll smell things that remind you of Justin, and you'll see things that remind you of him, and you'll go through places or, or whatever that will remind you of him, but the one thing that nobody in this place nor the enemy can take from you is the peace that passes understanding that the Lord give you that his soul is well. Can I tell you today... Quit letting the accuser convict you.
The devil, all he can do is accuse you, but he can't convict you. It's when we, when we reject the Holy Spirit, when we reject the drawing of the Holy Spirit, we are reject, not, not anybody else, we are. And I can promise you that today the Holy Spirit is drawing some hearts to Him. Will you reject Him? Or will you leave changed? So God's awesome, the wages of sin is death, forgiveness is available, and grace is amazing. It's amazing. Sometimes we sing the song and we just don't even think about it. And it just sounds, oh, it's good. I know the song. You know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I knew where I came from. And I heard this song my whole life. My mama sang, my grandparents sang, my uncle sang, my brother sang, my, my dogs even sang. But when I began to understand His grace truly is amazing, and I was blind, but now I see. His grace not only forgave me, it keeps me and it protects me. Hello, somebody. In Ephesians, you read that we are saved by grace through faith. God's not impressed if your name's on a roll somewhere at whatever church it may be. Don't you hate the question, how many are you running? Sometimes I see some, but I don't know. God's not impressed with that. He knows. He knows your heart. We are saved by grace through faith. So today, I don't know where you stand. I don't know. I don't take anything for granted. I preach this way at our church. And most of the hundred or so people that fill this place, I know them. But I never take for granted that they know the Lord. So I want to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, then this right here is as good as it will ever get. That's it. I don't care if you get, I don't, you can buy tickets to the World Series next week. Or this week, it's this week. That's fantastic. That's as good as it will ever get for you if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is as good as it will ever get. Jesus said, I am the way. He said it. I didn't say it. Nobody else said it. Jesus said it. They were asking Nicodemus, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, people get mad because they want to say, well, there's some other way that I can get there. There ain't no way, other way, no other way. It is only by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, meaning again, he's no respecter of persons. He don't care how much money you got in your bank account. He don't care anything about that. But he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. So this is the day. This is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today. If you don't know him, make him Lord of your life. 
How do we do this? We admit we're a sinner. And Lord, I need you. I didn't ask you where you've been. I didn't ask you what you've done. It ain't none of my business. He knows. You admit you're a sinner. I need you, Lord. I'm in need of you as, a, as my Savior. And you, a word you don't hear often anymore, you repent. Repentance is still needed in the, in the body of Christ. You repent. Not me, I'm not, not, you know, how your kids will, or, or break something you like. Oh, I'm sorry. They ain't sorry. They're sorry they got caught. Not that kind of repentance. We're talking about a heartfelt repentance. Lord, I don't want to be this way anymore. Repent of your sin and believe that Christ died for you and that He is, and you confess Him as your Lord and Savior. I may be telling you something you've heard a thousand times, but I'm convinced, and I know that this morning in my office, what the Lord put on my heart, I'm convinced there's someone here today that's going to leave changed. You want to celebrate the life of the loved one you came for? then receive Christ as your Savior. If you ain't where you're supposed to be in your relationship with the Lord, make things right. You're not promised tomorrow. We're more concerned with the price of gas than we are a perishing soul. There's a problem. You need to know Him. And I didn't come to play games or powder coat or sugar coat nothing. It don't affect the pay or it don't affect my stay. I promise I came to give you the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. And He did it all for you. So today, I, I, it may be weird to you, but again, Melanie said whatever you feel, so here we go. There's a song that was special to Justin that's going to play. But as the song plays, I want you to take time to allow the Lord to search your heart. And if there's something you need to make right, if you want to receive Him as Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do something. You may, and you may have never heard this before in your life at a funeral, but this is different. I want you to come forward. We want to pray with you. There's people here that will pray with you, not only myself. There's other people who understand the goodness of God. Because the day you don't have to leave. There's no, no condemnation. There's no judgment. Let me tell you, I'm in need of him every day. I'm the pastor of this church. Praise God. I, it's a privilege. But I need him every single I needed him this morning when I woke up. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to face today or who I'm going to face, but you do, and I need you. So today, I want you to know you need him. And he wants to change your life. Not for a moment, but for eternity. So as this song plays... I want you to take some time and allow the Lord to search your heart. And if you, if, you, if you need something, if you want to pray, if you want to make things right, or you want to receive Him as Lord and Savior, I'm asking you to come today. Well, this is a funeral. Hey, there's no better way to celebrate someone's life than by you receiving life abundantly today. So go ahead and play the song. Stand, if you will, as it plays. But if there's something in your life, come, we'll pray with you.
When a frail and feeble voice spoke up and gave me this reply and said, You can't tell me I'm dying when heaven's gates swing open wide and Jesus stand away.
there's a place we all desire to be, and that's in the presence of the Lord. And I want to encourage you today that it, as we know him as Lord and Savior, we are in his presence everywhere we go. And he is with us. He is with us. In John chapter 15, you read that he is the vine and we are the branches. And it goes on to tell us if we abide in him, he abides in us. And I quoted a little while ago, but without him, we can do nothing. So I, I encourage you to continue to seek him in all things, always. Melanie, he will be the peace that passes understanding. He is the comforter. He, and you know that. But there'll be days and the days ahead and weeks ahead and even months. It'll, there'll be some trying, trying times, but he's faithful. You have a church family that's praying for you and lifting you up. But more than anything, the Lord is always there and he's faithful. And he's faithful to all you that, that are here, family and friends. If, if you didn't make things right, do it. Time's not promised. It's not promised. As we're instructed in, in the word that, that to, to, to really sound the alarm, and if you read over in Ezekiel, you'll, you'll understand that we're to, to sound the alarm and, and let people know and warn. And, and I feel that today I've done that. And if you leave this place and you never change, I want to tell you, your blood not on my hands. Because God has brought you here for such a time as this to touch your life. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for Justin. Lord, it don't seem right to us that it would be so soon. But Lord, I praise you for, for your greatness and your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we thank you that he did make things right with you. And Lord, again, I, I pray that you would continue to stir in our hearts, Lord, and as you draw us, that we submit and surrender ourselves to you. Because you are faithful, Lord. You are faithful. And I pray that you would comfort the family, Lord, that you would just bring peace, and, and Lord, that you would surround them with your love. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for his life. But Lord, we just most greatly, we praise you and honor you and thank you for saving his soul and ours. Lord, we give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I would like to invite all of you to, to the back. Uh, there are light refreshments back there. Uh, if you want to stay and, and, and have some of those, you're more than welcome. But if you follow uh, the door, you're right where you need to go. Um, but there's, it goes that way for a, a long while. But uh, there are things back there prepared for you. You can hang out and, and uh, enjoy a little time of fellowship together and reminiscing, but um, anything else, just find somebody, and, and we'll do what we can to help you, but be blessed. If I had only known the last time would be the last time, I would have put off all the things I had to do. I would have stayed a little longer, held on a little tighter now what i'd give for one more day